Hello and welcome to another episode of Not If I Reboot You First. It's a podcast where we take popular properties and reboot them before Hollywood has a chance to. It's a bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Tanner. Lindsay, how have you been? Good. I am looking into new jobs and I have come up with a possible new series for the CW because it's... Or Netflix. Because you know what? Those two places seem to be our favorite places to pitch for stuff. Yeah, they have... There's no limits. Yeah. Actually, I think that was like one of the CW's taglines at some point. Yeah. We'll take anything, especially if it's teen and fantasy related. Yep. I think I did once describe Riverdale as Glee without rules. Yeah. They even do get musical numbers in there. Yes. Do you think I'm going to be able to binge watch the entirety of season three before the Heathers episode comes out? Just make a day. I will have to take a day. I know I'm taking Tuesday to play Kingdom Hearts 3. (laughs) I got it off just through luck. I didn't even plan that. Like, well, I know my game plan now. (laughs) Yeah. So, anyway, uh, do you remember when Yen Press first came out? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I think you got um, into manga of several years before I did. <laughs> okay, so in our later years of high school and into early university, um, it was kind of like the tail end of the anime and manga boom. Like that was when Shonen Jump used to be sold in stores. Oh yes, I do remember that. Yeah. So for a time you had Shonen Jump, Shoujo Beat, which was the distaff counterpart to that. Mm-hmm. And um, near the end, you had this new company show up called Yen Press. And their uh, manga anthology magazine was called Yen Plus, and they would also have Korean Manua. Okay. Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah, something like that. Okay, because I, I always thought it was Manua. Okay, yeah, you're pro- you know what? Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I'm because I'm, it's it's spelled M-A-N-H-W-A, so I'm just yeah. going off the phonetics, but romanization is a tricky bitch. Yeah, what I want to adapt, which is an OEL, so that's Original English Language Manga, by a Canadian-Russian artist, uh, mangaka, called Svetlana Shmakova. She works out of Montreal. Okay, uh, so, does... hang on, I need, I need to clarify. So, an English lang- original English language, so it was originally written in the English language? Yes. Okay, written by a non-Asian... By a non-Asian, okay. Russian-Canadian, as in born in Russia... Named Svetlana. ...lives in Montreal. Named Svetlana, which... Is not a real name. That's 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 the name you make up when you need a quick and dirty pretend hypothetical Russian. Svetlana's really popular. It used to be like in the top ten. I think it's now like top twenty. But it was especially popular like sixties, seventies, eighties. It was like Ashley. Okay. Yeah. Remember when all the boys were called Jason and all the girls were named Brittany? I have a cousin named Brittany. <laughs> I have a cousin named Jason. <laughs> it's going to be interesting when when we're in the old folks home and then like the kids and grandkids have like what we would consider old fashioned names. It's going to be the kids and the grandkids are going to show up like, yeah, these are this is my grandkid Azula and 
and papyrus. <laughs> so anyway, um, Svetlana Chmakova, she wrote uh, and got published this one monk, the, her OEL, called Night School. Okay. I have never yeah. heard of this. Okay. Well, I, I used think, to read. I think you're the current winner for most niche poll. <laughs> so anyway the premise is this is an urban fantasy set in uh, some major city um i think it might be new york but i wouldn't be surprised if this was montreal i don't know why but i also like the idea of this being in montreal okay and basically during the day you'll have like your normal high school set up and then at night when everybody's gone the magical people take it over and use it as a school or their stuff yeah so it saves on space and it's pretty convenient for magical folks who live in cities Mm -hmm. and there's a whole bunch of different magical peoples who go to this school it's not just witches and wizards like you got vampires demons shapeshifters uh mermaids it's the full fantasy kitchen Centaurs. <laughs> and the story itself, it centers around a girl named Alex Treveni, who is not attending the school. She's homeschooled, but her sister works at the school. And one day her sister disappears. Oh, snap. Yeah, under strange circumstances. Like, not only does Sarah Treveni disappear... But everybody's memories of her are erased. And, like, she's erased from pictures and all that sort of stuff. So, Alex has to... Twilight Zone level stuff. Yeah. So, Alex has to investigate and she ends up enrolling at the night school. And it turns out that she and a couple other kids are involved in, like, this ancient... uh, Like, the reincarnation of ancient death spirits who are going to wreak vengeance upon the world unless someone stops them or they stop themselves. And yeah, it's pretty cool. Gnarly. Yeah. And uh, the <laughs> my big thing, why I like this a lot, is um, the integration of the magical world and the regular human world is actually pretty good. Nice. Like, yeah, they're a hidden magical community but they're not like in harry potter where it's like how have you isolated yourself for that long and still don't know what a flush toilet is they're not just (laughs) shitting on the floor and disappearing it yeah (laughs) oh man and another great thing they don't play the whole fantastic racism thing like yeah they've got a group of humans called the hunters and their job is to protect the human world from the magical world because the magical world can do a whole whole bunch of heavy damage to our world. But it's more of a case of this is like protecting you know, we're security guards really. Yes. Like we're we're enforcing law and order. We're making sure that vampires aren't drinking people's blood willy-nilly. Um or werewolves aren't biting people, you know, they're like cops, basically. They're decent cops. Yeah. Half decent cops. And yeah, like it's a short story. It's only four volumes in total. I think there was only like Yeah, there's only about six chapters per volume. Okay. 
Yeah. So what I was thinking, because this could make for a good TV series, oh, yeah. either animated or live action, um, because there's some really cool visual stuff. Um, there's like a subgroup of witches called the Wearns who have like familiars that are like these um, creatures. They have masks and they kind of have like black and white smoke emitting from them. And they're really cute. <laughs> uh, can I get a good picture of yeah so I don't know if you can see but that's what they're uh, Alex is familiar it's called an astral and that's just a mask on top of smoke yeah pretty much yeah that's kind of cute Yeah, I'm not sure if I'd want to wake up and see it sitting on my face <laughs> they're pretty nice though they're like dogs okay <laughs> yeah and Alex is really likes cookies <laughs> They look a bit like a Venom symbiote. <laughs> well, anyway, the thing about these familiars is that while they're not particularly intelligent, um, they can be powerful. You can train them and use them for various magical purposes. Um, and Alex is actually shown to be a fairly powerful weirn in her own right. Like, doing university-level stuff. And oh yeah, they have tertiary education in this magical world not like harry potter where apparently jk rowling is like oh yes just finishing up hogwarts is enough they don't just go to this terrifying hybrid of elementary high school and finishing school and cram yeah. school and vocational school and summer school no wait, no, the wizarding world doesn't have summer school yeah yeah because apparently most wizarding families prefer to homeschool their kids anyway magical education and how this is better because it's fully rounded Yes. Where the closest equivalent to a math class is not an optional course that you can take, and it's it's barely even described what it is, and it sounds a lot like numerology. Yeah, it's like, why did Hermione take that class, but she scoffed at the divination class? They sounded like basically the same thing. Uh, maybe it was because of the whole numbers thing. Oh, it's more sophisticated because there is actual math involved. Hermione, you can't even do math. Yeah, your math education stopped at, like, your fifth year or whatever the frickin' equivalent over in Britain is. I guarantee there's not a single wizard who knows how to do multiplication. That whole <laughs> class is just looking at the artistry of drawing the numbers. Yep. Oh my god, it's almost like the math class I took in university, like, the stupid math where it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna like learn about differing base sets and this new way of dividing numbers. Oh, different base sets frightens me. Yeah. It's like when schools try to do the new math. It's designed to be more subjective so that the students don't feel bad about failing. Oh my god. I <sighs> just... Okay, here's the thing about math, especially in North America and how it's taught. Apparently, we make it difficult for ourselves. I'm not shocked. Yeah, over in China, the reason why they blow us out of the water on math tests is because they don't treat it like it's a hard subject. They're like, anybody could learn to do math. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you wondering, Tanner's just shaking his head at the stupidity of... 
<laughs> the North American education. The have Anglo. I, have I talked? Have I talked about my minute math experience on this podcast yet? No, you haven't. Oh boy, let's get into that. So it was grade two. My teachers were terrible. <laughs> I had a terrible teacher in grade two. That was why I was homeschooled for most of the year. I had two terrible teachers. They switched off between lunch. <laughs> We'd have one in the morning, one in the afternoon, but not, one wasn't necessarily better than the other. One of them almost killed one of my friends with an allergic reaction, but that's a story for another podcast. Oh no. But we would do this thing called Minute Math, where we got a sheet of like just simple math problems, like x plus y equals da-da, like number plus number equals number. Just solve it. Yeah. And there's like 20 of them. And you had one minute to go through them all. And we were not marked on whether we got them right. We were marked on how quickly we could complete them. <sighs> and I always failed because I was actually doing math and everyone else was just yeah. writing numbers and saying, okay, I'm done. Uh, that I remember getting similar sheets too. And like, I think the purpose of that entire minute math thing was you would take your time to figure out the answers and you would get faster because you would automatically go like uh, three plus four or seven. Yeah, you would just know that kind of stuff by instinct. But yeah. they weren't teaching us figure that out, like do the math muscle memory. Yeah. They were saying, put numbers in here, and if you, could, if you can write down 20 numbers that you invented yourself within the span of a minute, you get a prize. <sighs> and if you don't, then you're an idiot. Goddamn so, public school. Fortunately, my dad, like, there was a, my dad got called into a meeting with the teachers, and they're like, we think Tanner has a learning disability because he can't do math. And my dad's like, well, he does math fine at home. What's the issue? Well, he's not doing it fast enough. And my dad, he lays it out like, so you're saying that the kids who were just writing down random numbers are smart, and the kids who are solving the problems by thinking about them are dumb. And then we never did minute math again. <laughs> we're going to be great with teachers when we have kids. Oh, we... <sighs> We will take no prisoners. <laughs> Absolutely none. On the flip side, though, I will make sure that my kid knows the bitter taste of defeat very early on. Yes. Just so that they know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I needed to fail more as a child. Yeah, I failed plenty, I think. Like, I do remember getting an, app, an F in uh, woodworking and metalworking, but also I was not interested in those classes. Oh, woodworking. I, that's another podcast. I could have a whole <laughs> seven-part podcast miniseries audio drama about the traumatic events that I had to go through for all of woodworking class. Yeah. It haunted me like a specter. Dad just sighed and is like, I always have to learn how to swing a hammer. Oh, I can swing a hammer fine. It's just not to build anything. I'll just use that skill to kill someone. <laughs> anyway dad's bitter about not actually listening to his rather good woodworking teacher oh well that's his own fault <laughs> and tanner says that's your own fault <laughs> and that's like i know that <laughs> I, I was gonna make a joke 
about how he made this bed, and now he has to lay in it, but he can't, because he doesn't know how to build a bed, and he got the wrong parts from Ikea! <laughs> he does give me a look, so I won't. <laughs> so, yeah, um... Night school, better education than what you're getting out Do they of have magic woodworking class? Yeah, there might actually be a magical woodworking class. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, like, I would like to see, like, what magical practical skills are, like, magical sewing. Like, is there magic involved with, like, embroidery? Are, the, are you sewing, like, charms in there or whatever? Oh, easily. I mean, we've both seen the first few episodes of Full Male Alchemist. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, wow, yeah. Go watch uh, Full Male Alchemist, listeners. If you haven't seen it before, you will not be disappointed. And make sure you start on Night of the Chimera's Cry. That's the best episode. <laughs> it's a real heart warmer. <laughs> oh, woo. <laughs> That's how I did it, and I turned out fine. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, night school and how I would adapt this. So, yeah, the big problem with night school as it is, and Chimakova has never returned to it after she finished up the uh, the main arc of the story, and then is that it's pretty never, short. She was never seen again. <laughs> uh, she's worked on a few other things. She might return to night school someday. Maybe. I hope. Well, there hasn't been a mangaka here for 25 years. <laughs> but anyway, my idea was to expand it into say this was picked up by the CW or Netflix and it got 10 to 12 episodes for the first season as a test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To see how this would go. That way you, one could expand the world building and provide more character development because it's pretty it's a pretty fast-paced story like it only happens over like a couple of nights in total okay yeah yeah that that seems extremely fast-paced yeah especially when one considers that alex and uh a few other characters are basically the personifications of uh global destruction and they get stopped by Mr. Roy, who is, like, the most powerful weirn in existence and also teaches there. And he is cool. He also has this tendency of, like, magically expanding the school for teaching purposes. And it causes quite a bit of um, issues with the structural integrity of the school. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Mrs. Chen, the, uh, she's kind of like their version of the principal. She's like... Like, you hear this rumbling, and she's like, oh my god, Roy's at it again. <laughs> How many times do we have to tell him that he is going to crack the foundation? <laughs> That'll make a new foundation. Shablam! <laughs> but yeah, like, by expanding the the uh, manga volumes into, say, 12 episodes for the first season, you can get more character development, and you can also get more of the uh, world building involved because like what we do know is that there are 
witches in there are weirns, and weirns are a subtype of witches, but we don't really see, like, just a regular witch or wizard. Um, okay. We do know that there are demons, vampires, mermaids, various people, and it would be great- Is there great. a mothman? Huh? Is there a mothman? I wouldn't be surprised. Like, First this thing is... we do when we adapt this is get a mothman. Yeah. Because honestly, this this world comes off as a fantasy kitchen sink. If you can think of it, it probably exists. Um, they're vampires, like they don't go in depth as to what their strengths and weaknesses are. Like we do know that they can't be seen in mirrors and they can't be photographed. And when you first turn, um, there's actually like a period of time where you can be turned back into a human. Okay. Yeah, it's a very narrow window. And at that time, you're kind of, like, blood crazed, and you don't know what's going on, and you're kind of attacking everything, and you're also, like, really hungry. But you can turn back. But if you stay as a vampire, like, you live for a very long time, but eventually you become what are called rippers, and they're kind of, like, ghouls. Okay. Yeah, and they're, like, desiccated, almost zombie-like. And oh, so, they- like, uh, the, the, the bonies from Warm Bodies. Yeah, yeah. Okay, neat. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was cool because, like, you don't really see that a lot in vampire fiction today. Mm-hmm. They, they did kind of something like that, not to that extent, but they kind of did that in Buffy. Okay. Where the very first big bad was th- the master. Mm-hmm. Who was this ancient, ancient vampire who, because he'd lived for so long, he's kind of, he had mutated in kind of a Nosferatu bat-like creature. Okay. And then that was like the first season, and then they kind of revisited that in the last season with the Turok Han, which were the pre like the first prehistoric vampires, and they were also extremely bat like because they've been around for millions of years. Yeah, yeah. Like um, I remember when I was coming up for a concept for a story that involved vampires. Um, my version was that uh, vampires have to feed on human blood. Every like it's a periodic thing. You can go in between with like animal blood but if you go for too long without uh regular human blood you become a ghoul and it was actually a way for me to subvert the whole like vampires are the aristocrats of the supernatural world where there's Mm -hmm. like a real danger to them i do like a shitty teen vampire Mm mm-hmm which like, I know I've I haven't watched very much of Vampire Diaries or the Extended Universe, but I'm sure they've got a lot of those. Yep, I would not be surprised. I should probably watch that too. Ah, uh, no, I did try. It was boring. I don't I don't have the energy to invest in uh, Vampire Diaries, but I might try and pick up Legacies at some point. Yeah, that one looks interesting. That Legacies looks like more of a fantasy kitchen sink. Okay, it actually does kind of hit a lot of similar notes to what you were describing. Because it is specifically, it's not a night school, but it is like an academy for superpowered beings. And the majority of them are witches or werewolves or vampires. And the main character is the Tribrid. Oh. Yeah, she's the special. Yes. Well, I think like she was specifically, like, they were trying to do some funky eugenics to create her. And I'm pretty sure time travel was also involved. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so... Anyway, oh yeah, there's also seers in this world. Um, and <sighs> do, do they have like some great deals? Can I buy a sofa? 
<laughs> oh, rip Sears. Oh yeah, they are dead. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, there was a time when you could buy a house from Sears. Oh shit. Yeah. Like you could go through the Sears robot catalog and they would have like you could get building plans and they they would basically send you like a kit. Huh. Yeah. I guess Sears was like a cross between Hudson's Bay Company and Home Depot for a while. I'm surprised that that didn't catch on, because that seems like something a lot of people would be down with these days. Yeah. And if you could do it cheap, too, like... Imagine one of those, like, those delivery services that you always hear advertised on podcasts, but it's for houses. (laughs) Like, sign up now, and and every month, we'll send you a house. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in a year you'll have a subdivision we'll send you it in, in this tiny box and you'll be like how do they get a mattress inside that box and then you open it up and then you'll die because it's a house <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah so anyway the seers um as far as i know as far as I can tell, they are regular humans, but they've got like the ability to see the future. They're clairvoyant and whatever. But it does come at the cost that these are really intense and cause a lot of mental, emotional stuff. And there is the bit of the unfortunate implicational trope that they have to take medication, but it means that their visions get a bit cloudy. So I would probably fix that so it's less problematic. Yeah. I mean, as long as the, the medication isn't demonized. Yeah, like, maybe the trade-off is that they, the visions don't come as frequently, but they're still pretty clear. It's just you're no longer as traumatized. and Yeah. Like, that's the, the whole thing with ment- uh, mental health medication, is that yeah. it needs to be stopped being treated as this thing that, like, completely wipes your mind clean of all emotions and be like, this, I take this so I can avoid headaches. Except these are headaches that severely mess with my mind. And then you go the fantasy way. I take this to avoid headaches from the future that make me want to explode. Yeah, because um, the mains here in Night School, Marina, she's she's kind of like the Pythia. Like the the oracles of Delphi, who used to like speak in tongues and weird predictions that were kind of obtuse and hard to understand until like the event actually happened she is on the verge of a breakdown all the time yeah but that's like without the meds yeah yeah medication is good as long as it's shown as being like good and normal yeah normalize it yeah like i think maybe in this version what could be done is that with medication you still have fairly clear visions but they're neither as intense nor do they come as frequently yeah off of the meds you get like oh boy these are trips like you are you are there you're you feel yourself being ripped through time and shoved into this like time space thing yeah. It's a mess. It's not fun. It's not fun, but you get you get far more clear, far more accurate predictions, but they come on a lot more. Yeah. It's like being hit by a truck and then you have like the the worst acid trip. 
yeah, we don't we don't need that. Yeah. Like all I want, Marina, is for you to predict the the stock market stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because apparently Sears are also kind of frequently used by other people for not so good means. I'm not shocked. Yeah. I would do the same. I mean, I wouldn't be a dick about it. Yeah. But, but if you... like, yo, Lindsay, which <laughs> of these scratch cards is going to win me five grand? <laughs> uh, that one. Nice. Yeah. And then knowing my luck, I'd probably put it through the laundry. <laughs> uh, knowing me, I'd be wrong anyway. Or you'd only win like two bucks. It's a, I only buy $2 scratches anyway, so I'm breaking even. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I would expand the season. Or, yeah, expand that initial arc to cover the entire season. To allow for more character development and world building. And then after that, if it got greenlit for a second season, it would be... Exploring the ramifications of uh, being one of the Sorum, the destructive teens, because there's a bunch of them. Maybe yeah. finding the other teens so that, you know, we can make sure that they're okay. Because the whole thing about the Sorum thing is that um, each of the children carry immense burdens of some type. Um, so Alex, uh, the reason why she's homeschooled is because she got cursed. Um a friend co- of hers completed suicide. A friend's mom blamed Alex for it and set a curse on her, which leads, um, it turned her hair white. Uh, Alex will sometimes suffer from amnesia. And uh, she can't say that she likes something or loves something because it'll cause like a lot of bad stuff to happen. Like to the thing that she likes? Yeah. She so breaks things, got- basically. So we've got some practical magic going on. Yeah. And then another of the main characters, Ronnie, who's kind of like the queen bee of the school. She's queen bee because she and her sister have a rare family condition where if one of the siblings is in intense emotional pain, is upset, crying, whatever, it will cause intense physical pain to the other sibling. Like, almost to the point of killing them. Yikes. Yeah, so Ronnie's entire deal at school is that she runs the place so that nobody can bully Rochelle. And as long as Rochelle is happy, Ronnie will be okay. Okay. And then I like Marina. That's that a very interesting dynamic. Yeah. I can dig that. And then Marina, who's uh, one of the seers, yeah, the main seer, like. Again, she gets some of the most intense uh, visions out there. She can see pretty well into the future. Um, So it's just like the emotional weight of seeing death and destruction all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it would be... I'm thinking... Huh? I'm thinking that we would animate this. I'm, I think, now that I've seen Spider-Verse, I'm probably going to lean harder into animation for most stuff we talk about, if we can. Yeah, because then we could do whatever we want with the magic. And also, I feel like if we did live action, it would visually it would probably look very similar to something like Legacies or one of those yeah. other 
paranormal teen shows. So if we did it animated, then we could really give it its own look. Yes. And the art style is pretty cool anyway. So like, I would like to transfer that over to a TV show, add color and see how that would all move and function and all that. And then for season two, probably keep it at like 10 to 12 episodes and so would a season cover a semester or a full year at the school um i would say the first season would probably cover a semester that's about as long as we need for that one and maybe the second season could cover a full school year because the thing is also with this premise is that we can very much go beyond the stuff that happens in the source material and like just introduce new characters yeah blow the world up. Well, we could actually blow the world up. (laughs) Yeah, just being able to expand this universe would be pretty cool. Um, Because uh, the hunters, they're the ones who interact most with Marina. And it would be cool to see, like, their side of stuff. Uh, They start their training pretty young. So you'll have, like, a master hunter and his apprentices. Or her apprentices, or their apprentices. And... They, <laughs> it's a, it's a lot of uh, kicking the shit out of a whole bunch of people and stopping crime. It's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're almost like the Bat Family in a way. Oh, that's rad. Yeah. Yeah, because like Cassidy's basically Dick Grayson, and Nadia. Age twelve. <laughs> Fuck you, Miller. Frank I'm Miller. sorry, it's it's Pavlovian at this point, whenever someone yeah. mentions his name. Dick Grayson, age 12. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so like, Cassidy's basically Dick Grayson, and N- Nadia could be like Barbara Gordon, or um, actually, more like Cassandra. Cassandra Kane. Yeah. Yeah, and there's like a whole bunch of them. It's, it's pretty fun. So like, maybe splitting up the season. So like, the first season would be about the, like the actual night school and maybe there's like an in-between season with the hunters or like that's second season so we get to there and then we come back to Alex and her friends and Alex adjusting to being in a school full time and dealing with her curse and all that and yeah. seeing if there's a way well, to we lift also, that curse. You said her sister disappeared, right? The sister eventually gets back comes back at the end of the Sorum arc. But like at the beginning, like the plot starts with her disappearance. Yeah. Yeah, so we should do the same with the show. Yeah. And then she can be back by the end of the first season. Mm-hmm. We could do like a Hunter holiday special. Yeah. And then, like, in between, it's, um, okay, so Hunter holiday special, then come back. And, like, there's a whole bunch of backstory that is implied, but isn't, ex- like, expanded upon, like, uh, Mr. Roy, who's been around for millennia, has a history with the main uh, hunter of the area, uh, Damon. Well, we could do a full flashback episode. Yeah. Yeah, if we get like 12 episodes, we've got a lot of room to play with. Especially for an animated thing. Yeah. And then, like, Alex's backstory, like, um have some sort of flashback episode or maybe like the next season is maybe Alex and Sarah are looking for a cure to Alex's 
curse. Because it's especially inconvenient to not be able to like or love something. Yeah. <laughs> so, because basically what, it, what Alex explains is that the dead friend's mom cursed Alex. And before the curse could be lifted, because there seems to be with all of this magic stuff, like windows of time where you can reverse something. Um, the friend's mom was detained or somehow incapacitated before she could reverse the curse. So it's stuck. But if you have millennia's old uh, sorcerer on hand, who's going to be your main teacher, maybe he can figure something out or help you figure something out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, this is a world that also seems like a lot more LGBTQ friendly than the word of godness that is Harry Potter. Sorry. <sighs> yeah, what I mean to say when I'm sorry, it's just like my whole reflexive just going like, and then there's Harry Potter. <laughs> Even though I do like the Harry Potter world, but there's just so much. Uh... Harry Potter is good as a concept. Yeah. Night school managed to nail the execution. Yeah. Because it's like, hey, we have actual real estate agents and we have the magical equivalent of cell phones. Yeah. Like they they create like these little like mirror mirrors um out of magic that basically function like an iPhone. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. And I'm like, oh my god, rolling like you were publishing these books just as air just as cell phones were becoming a thing, how did you not think, hey, witches and wizards probably have, like, this really convenient way of just immediately talking to each other? <laughs> Stones of far speech. <laughs> but no, no, we gotta use parchment and quills and everything gets delivered by owls. Because quirky! I mean, I could, I'd be fine if we lived in a world where everything was delivered by owls. Yeah, properly trained owls. As long as I can still use plumbing. Yeah. Ugh. I will happily replace all of Amazon with a flock of wild owls. <laughs> yeah, better than the drones. I'm sure there's like a muggle-born who has like this owl who they got hurt in their little and they can't fly, so like they hook it up to a quadcopter. And so all the owls fly in, and then just like this one owl just like <laughs> flies in the window, like has these whirling blades. All the owls are avoiding it, like what the hell is that? It like hovers down above and just deposits all the stuff. <laughs> oh man, remember when I was working on that one fanfic, and I'm like, you know what? The rest of continental Europe uses ravens because ravens are smart. Also aesthetic. I think I had also thrown in some sort of reference to a, a raven post-strike. Because <laughs> I had imagined that the ravens would, in fact, be unionized. Oh, they absolutely would. <laughs> yeah. Take no shit. Their form of civil disobedience is to shit on everyone. <laughs> My favorite video of a raven is the one where it lands on, like, beside a guy sitting in a chair and it's being, like, really, like, tame towards him. And the guy's like, hello, hello. And the raven just goes, fuck you, and flies away. <laughs> ah, ravens, they are the best. Yep. Best birds. Um, I gotta ask, is this something you found recently or something you read a while back? Uh, I think it was back... 
probably 2009, 2010. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, because hearing about all the stuff in this, it does kind of inform and reflect on a lot of your urban fantasy story ideas that you've shared with me of your yeah. own. Yeah, it was very formative. And it was coming out, like, during Twilight Mania and all of that. Dang, we gotta add Twilight to the list. Yeah, because there is actually a good story in there. Deep in there. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I've, I found a Twilight Power Rangers crossover fic on AO3. It, it fucking slaps. Oh! Okay, then. Probably because it is just Bella meeting the Dino Charge Rangers and then joining them. Oh, wow. And she replaces the large imposing bird. <laughs> <sighs> so is there like any Edward or Jacob or? No, that's okay. So remember when they broke up in the second book and she yes. in the movie, she just screamed into a tree trunk. Yeah. Uh, so in the fanfic instead, Bella's like, you know what? Screw forks and the entirety of this town. And so she trashes their mansion and then she leaves with her mom to Amber Beach. Nice. And then she she gets involved in a fight against a monster, and so she grabs an Energem and she becomes the Silver Ranger. Awesome. And you froze again. Let's try over you're, here. You're frozen again. Okay. Uh, oh, I moved back. you to be physically closer to the modem. Anyways, so before our connection just fucking implodes again, do you have anything yeah. else to add to this? Um... Let's hope that we don't mess things up or stay too long like Supernatural. Yes. Once we have, like, saved the world, the universe, reality, whatever, that's it. You can't do better than that. Well, keep, keep, the, keep the evil stuff local. Yeah. And low-key, like, you can still have high stakes. It's just high personal stakes, not exactly. end-of-the-world thing stuff. I would be, it would be so hard for me to get motivated to save the entire world. Yeah. But if someone's like, hey, save your seven friends, I'm like, okay. Yeah. That just, it seems more fun. It's more personal. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. All right. So I think we've wrapped up night school. Yeah. Are we still calling it night school? Yeah. So the, the night school, origi Netflix original cartoon, probably animated by DreamWorks. Well, they seem, or the, how about the Castlevania guys? Oh, yeah, the Castlevania squad. Oh, yeah, that yeah. would look very nice. Yeah. Maybe this is all just secretly the sequel to Castlevania. <laughs> Which of these teens has been Dante from Devil May Cry the whole time? <laughs> yeah, we could probably fit in Dante. So, Lindsay, where can people find you on the internet? I'm at lindsaym476 on Twitter, and you can... Go there and get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart, and you can find me on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod, which is the letters for Not If I Reboot You First, and it is pronounced Nerif! <laughs> you can also find this... Um this podcast on instagram at not if i reboot you first all one word the hashtag is n-i-i-r-y-f also pronounced nyarf they should make that into a pokemon <laughs> oh my god it almost sounds like what uh pinky says all the time from pinky in the brain 
Yeah. <laughs> you can also email us at notifireboot.youfirst at gmail.com. And we're also always looking for a guest to be on this show, so if you have something that you would like to see rebooted or remade or adapted or sequelized or whatever, then just drop us a line at any of the social media or contact stuff that we mention, and we'll see if we can find a schedule and we'll work something out, and it'll be great. Tanner, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think so, Lindsay, but how are we going to get that many race cars inside a pie? <laughs> No, Tanner, I'm looking for a hint! Um, well, I'm desperately trying to access a hint, but between my internet committing, like, sacrificing itself to the old gods, and <laughs> Google trying to sign me into literally every other account I have other than the one that allows me access to our scheduling spreadsheet. Oh my god. I, uh, it's not even gonna be on the spreadsheet, it's on numbers, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> I'm dying and I'm taking the Wi-Fi with me. <laughs> Podcast scheduling. So next week, I'm actually doing an episode specifically to come out on my mom's birthday. Because it's one of my mom's favorite movies. And next week, we're going to learn that anything else is just a toy. Okay. <laughs> See you later. See ya. Bye. Bye.